sacks, I favor black businesses. Assuming I'm rooting for everybody that's black. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Assuming I'm rooting for everybody that's black. Yo, 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 look, look. Assuming I'm rooting for everybody that's black. Smack bouncy racks on handmade do rags. Assuming I'm rooting for everybody that's black. That's everybody from sports to college class to rap and back. Hey, this is Steve Bolton. You are here on My Turning Point, where this week we are joined by guest Wale. We talk about what donut he would want named after him at Donut Friend, his new album, why he considers Jay-Z like the president of culture, and much more. Really fun chat with Wale, talking about his brilliant new video, Sue Me, as well, and much more. So I hope you enjoy the talk as much as we did. So where are you today? Oh, dude, never mind. I saw your tweets. You're in L.A. because you were fucking tweeting about Donut Friend. Yeah, you've had it before? Oh yeah, that this this is great life changing. <laughs> I did. In fact, I blame you because after reading your tweets this morning, I went out and got donuts that I didn't fucking need. But you know, it just uh, I'm I'm in Long Beach, so I couldn't make it to Donut Friend. But you is know, there any other, is there any other places that are like Donut Friend? I'm not even talking about vegan. I'm just talking about like as far as how they're like gourmet, like they like next level. Like, are there any more places like that in LA? There are a bunch, but I don't know them. I mean, Donut Friend is kind of special, but it's funny because the format of the por- of the podcast, I can't talk today, dude. I'm so brain dead from this quarantine because I'm just not interacting with people that much. But bro, ain't it crazy how much you like how, how you get rusty, like like uh, uh, interacting with humans? Yeah, it's amazing. Like you do it. It's funny because I'm used to doing it all the time, and then all of a sudden it's like okay, especially on a weekend, it's like barely talk to anybody. But I'm not gonna lie to you because I'm sure for you it's like this as well. We all keep such busy lives. It, it's kind of nice, like, you know, at some point yes. to just, just shut down. So before we even come to your turning point moment, I've got to ask you, what kind of donut would you want named after you? Because, you know, that's the whole donut friend thing. And like my friends, Meg and Dia, you know, they had a donut named after them. What would be like the, what would be like the ideal ingredients in the Wale donut? That's a that's a great question because I can answer that literally or I can answer that like metaphorically. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, me being a rapper, I'd probably choose to answer metaphorically. And I um I would say uh hmm, maybe they don't ex- maybe maybe they don't exist yet because it'd be like some type of like habanero jalapeno. It like it, it'll burn your it'll burn your mouth open <laughs> you bite into it, but it looks unassuming and it looks like okay everything's sweet, but it got a rage inside of it. More savory, <laughs> more savory than sweet. <laughs> nice. So it, it's it's uh yeah. So it's gonna be a little deceptive. It's gonna be a little tricky, and it's gonna be though. So it's definitely gonna have some like some spice to it. <laughs> Absolutely. Nice. Uh, yeah, it's funny because I mean th- that's what makes that place so unique is that you know they they do the mix of donuts with the the named after the bands and all that stuff and all that. So uh, let's jump on to your turning point for a second, and then we'll come on to the video and the album. And I mean, I know the video. I mean, the the video is the album is amazing actually too. But I mean, I wanted let's start with your turning point. Is there and just so you know with this again, like I said. You know, I've had everyone on here from ASAP Ferg to Dead Mouse to Joe Elliott from Def Leppard to, you know, Megan Trainer, and people just go in all different directions. So it's just one or two turning points in your life that you feel that got you to where you are today. 
man, that's kind of tricky with me because it's just like, you know, it's, it's a lot of, <laughs> it's, been a long, it's been a long, like, grind for me, man. Um, I want well, to say maybe, 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 maybe getting kicked off my football team in, in college. Okay, where'd you go to school? Uh, I went to three different schools. Um, I started off at Robert Morris. Um, I signed my scholarship over there, and then I transferred to Virginia State. And I, I, I played over there until I got kicked off. Nice. What position do you play? Running back. All right. So now the obvious question. Talk about how that led to where you are today and, and how getting kicked off the team kind of, you know, puts you in different directions. I mean, well, mostly I just had more time, you know what I'm saying, to, to really focus on it. And, you know what I'm saying? And, and like, all right, this is what I'm going to do, you know. And I'm, I'm I'm very I'm very lucky and fortunate, you know what I'm saying? Because it's not a it's not a very it's, it's not a very easy profession to get into. But um, you know, just having just having more time to really face what I'm doing or try, you know, to make it in the game. It's interesting. I mean, now because I'm a big, uh, it's funny. Like the only live sporting event in the last however many weeks, besides the WNBA draft, was the NFL draft. I mean, that's really been it for the and the NBA horse challenge. But you know. I could only get through so much of that. So, are you still a like? Are you still a diehard football fan? Uh, absolutely. I, I mean, I, I love football more than 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 making music. Like you know, what I'm saying football is my first love. All right. It's interesting. Then, if you could play for any any NFL team, what would it have been? <laughs> Redskins, baby. I figured you were going to say that. I mean, we could play anywhere for real, just just to make it to the league to make it to the league. But you know, Redskins is my squad. Hey, why did you get kicked off the team anyway? And sorry if you told this story, but as a sports fan, I'm just curious. Um, looking back on it, to be honest, I just feel like he wanted to use me as a as an excuse. Uh, I mean, as a, as a, as an example, because I was too good. I was really like too good. I was like, I was too good to get kicked off for something small. But um, I you know it was still training camp. You know, we had just came back from summer. You know, and I was kind of cocky because you know I was at the top of the depth chart, and you know. He just wanted to show you, like, it don't matter who you are. You can get kicked, you can kick, get kicked off the team if you're, like, being insubordinate. And lo, lo and behold, I was being insubordinate. It's such an interesting thing because, I mean, it, it's funny. That's one of the things I really love about this format is that when I talk with artists, it doesn't matter who they are. And I also did a for, uh, column for Forbes called Who I Am where people take me through, like, the 10 things that shape their life. And it's everyone from, you know, Nile Rodgers and George Clinton to Vic Mensa to... Adam Lambert did it. And why I bring that up is it's interesting. What I find is that the things that shape you when you're younger still influence you and affect your music so much. And it's funny because, I mean, I think that's one thing that you can find is when you look at, you know, being kicked off the team to where you are today at 34 and doing an album like, wow, so crazy. It's still a matter of now it's not insubordinate, but it's like you're one of those artists who's just going to do what you want to do. And, you know, don't really play like it's I just did a piece on spin for Fiona Apple, who I'm a big fan of. And it's like there's certain artists who they just do what the fuck they want and they don't answer to anybody. <laughs> I wish I could. I mean, I, I feel like we all we all got somebody, we, you know, we all got business partners in this, you know, some kind of some way. You know, I don't, I don't think I got the, like, the free reign to just do anything that I want, but I definitely have, you know, more than, than when I was playing sports. But I mean, it, you know, it gave me this dedication that I have, though. You know, I'm very. I'm very dedicated, and I'm 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 always going to be one of the hardest workers in the room. 
Well, but it's interesting because you may have business partners, but from an artistic standpoint, it does feel like you're going to do what it is you want to do. And we'll tie that into the video for Sue Me. And it's like, you know, not everybody is going to take, is going to use this opportunity to make such a strong statement. Whereas other people might be afraid to speak out politically or might feel that it's misconstrued or whatever. So I feel like maybe, you, yes, you have business partners, but do you feel from an artistic standpoint that you do have not more freedom or that you, because everybody has the freedom if they want it, but that you exercise the freedom more? Yeah, I think, I think I've, you know, you know, I've been doing that like a lot more recently, my last two albums, you know what I'm saying? And just kind of being vocal about what, what I feel. Well, within the parameters and the, 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 the lines of, that week that we're given, I don't really, I don't go like all the way rogue and not like that. Even if I want to, I, I don't really, cause you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I wouldn't consider myself a media darling or nothing like that. So I got to still try to keep out of trouble. Yeah, no, I totally understand that. But again, I just think from an artistic standpoint, it's interesting. And I think it's, you know, it's funny. So when you look then at, you know, for example, going back to, you know, and being on football, it's interesting. Cause like you say, it gave you the discipline you know, and it's funny because even though you got kicked off the team, I would imagine some of the sort of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Rigors, rituals, whatever you want to call it, about, you know, following the discipline of a coach. That comes in so much to being an artist because let's face it, I mean, that's the biggest misconception, you know, is that, oh, okay, you have to, you know, like basically that it's glamorous life being an artist. And we all know from, you know, dude, artists work their fucking asses off harder than anybody. You have to be disciplined. You have to stay in the studio. You have to be writing almost all the time. And you, you said that right. You, I mean, a lot of us, some, some, some don't, but I mean, I ain't judging nobody, but some of us, you know, obsess over this, you know, and I can definitely say I'm one of them. Like, I just really want to be great. I want to be successful at, at what I do. So. Yeah, so it's interesting for you. I always find it really fascinating, by the way, too, because I, I talk a lot with artists about the fact that you know, when you are writing, when you're making a record, a lot of times stuff just comes up sort of stream of consciousness and you don't even realize what it is you were thinking until it emerges. And that can be true in any genre of music. It doesn't matter if it's country, it doesn't matter if it's rock, it doesn't matter if it's hip hop, because you basically are creating spontaneously or you're creating from the subconscious. So it's interesting because now that it's been a few months since Wow So Crazy came out, are there things in there that kind of surprised you that emerged in there because it was a very, as you've talked about, I read some other interviews, it's a very linear record for you. And it's very much a, you know, like it's very personal. I didn't realize um, how much of a, of a healing uh, album it is. Like until I hit the road and like my meeting reached and a lot of people, you know, were saying like how much like, you know, like it helped them. You know what I'm saying? I didn't, like I didn't realize it. And then um, I remember one time I, uh, I was at the club and I bumped into Carmelo Anthony and he told me, he was like, yo, man, I don't think you know, like, he didn't say it verbatim. He just, but the, like, the, I, I mean, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I'm not. Yeah, he was just like, yo, I don't think you know what you did with that project. Like, it's, it's special. You know what I'm saying? Like, it really is. It just hit different. You know what I'm saying? It hit. And that, that meant a lot to me because, you know, Melo, Melo, Melo been going, Melo been going through things like, like, you know, people doubting them and stuff like that. And I feel like I feel like I've been going through the same thing too. So for him to say that, you know, it 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 made me it opened my eyes a lot, like about my, about the effect that the album has on people, especially black men. Well, that's so interesting for you. It's 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 interesting that you you know 
talk about, we've talked about sports that you go to an athlete and you talked about the sort of discipline and how you want to be one of the greats. I'm always curious, are there people that you look to in any genre of music or it can even transcend music, you know, into athletics or whatever, people that you admire their longevity and the way they've sort of handled themselves and been able to evolve in their career? Jay-Z, absolutely. He's the, he's the, he's the, he did it. He did it. He's our Frank Sinatra. He's our, he's our Roman Stumbles, man. You know, he's our, he's our, he's the template. He's everything that, you know, we want to be as, as young black entrepreneurs. Interesting. So for you though, it's not just following Jay-Z as an artist. Cause I mean, he's still putting out great music and that's part of it is like, I saw him, dude, at least I'll fucking track of time. But two years ago at the forum, December, uh, 2000. So what is that now? December, 2018. I mean, still one of the best shows I've seen in years, man. And it's like to be on stage in a, in an arena in front of 20,000 people by yourself, no one else and control an audience like that for two hours. Dude. I mean, there, there's very few people who could do that. Absolutely. Um, that's what I'm saying. Like, and we, we look, we look to that, but at the same time, you know, he's the same person that can, you know, go have a meeting with, you know, about prison reform and go have a meeting about, you know, um, you know, uh, at this point, anything that's, 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 that's going on in society. You feel me? Like, he's, the, he's damn near like the president of, of culture. You know what I'm saying? And like, it's just not just, just, it's not just about making hot records at this point. You know what I'm saying? And it's, and it's so on brand for somebody who's, who's lived a hundred different lives, you know what I'm saying? He's done it right, you know what I'm saying? And that's why he's just, he'll, because he'll continue to be a lot of our, like, our idol, you know what I'm saying? Like, living legend. Like, he def he's really, like, the embodiment of a living legend. So it's interesting for you. Talk about the influence, then, when it comes into making a video like Sue Me. And as you say, he can go talk about prison reform. He can talk about whatever, you know, like, that, that influence into making a video that is about much more than just, okay, what's happening now, you know? Excuse me, you broke up, you broke up with the last part. Oh, yeah, that it's about making a video that makes such a strong statement. And it's not just about making a video that's going to be fun or that people think is going to be cool, but it's really a video that is going to make people talk. And it's interesting, I was watching it this morning and reading through the YouTube comments. And the people, it's one of those things, and I think this is often true of great art. Everybody may not get it, but those people who get it, it resonates so deeply. <laughs> I mean, and that's, the, that's, that's why I really wanted to work with somebody like Kirby, you know, to, 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 to be able to make a, something like that. Because, like, having replay value is, like, the most important thing to me. And it should be the most important thing to a lot of artists, especially in this, from, a mon uh, from, from a money standpoint, you know what I'm saying? And just from an art standpoint, like, like if you can make me rewatch this again, and that's why I love to write my verses like that. The most important verses to me, you got to rewind it like three, four times to, to catch an entendre or like, you know what I'm saying? Or like, a, or I, I might have said something completely that went over your head. And, and I think the video does the same thing. Things are happening in that video that you got to see two, three times to go, oh, okay, I get it. And that's what, that's, that's another uh, part of this art. That's another little, uh, I don't know the word I'm looking for. That's another little... I guess it's the Easter egg within the Easter egg. As the Easter egg in, in art is to have Easter eggs in your video, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes total sense. And I, I think it's interesting, though, because I, it's funny, as I say, I think it's always been a hallmark of great art. Now, of course, it's 2020, so we have a term for it with Easter eggs. But I think if you go back through art over the years, there's always like, you know, whether it's a great movie or a great album, you can go back and, and find new stuff in it 
all the time. It's funny for you. Give me a couple of examples, whether it's film or music of, of art that resonates for you like that, where you go back and you just hear new stuff again and again, or you see new stuff or you learn new stuff, you know, every time. And, and to me, like I said, that's always really, it's like, it's cool when you hear something and it blows you away the first time, but really great art takes a minute to sort of stick with you. Man, I tell you, because I listen to Thriller, you know what I'm saying? Which I think is the best album that's ever been, that's been created. And like, I literally listen to different things. Like I listen to like, the, the, there might be times I go back and listen to just the arrangement of every song. You know what I'm saying? The non-instruments that are on records that are making the record sound better. You know what I'm saying? Like these, those Easter eggs, those, those, that's, that's the, that's the beauty of it all. You know what I'm saying? You might, you might read up on something and it might be like, yo, such and such song on the background of the, of, of this song, you know what I'm saying? And then you close your eyes and listen to it and try to envision it. That's art too, you know what I'm saying? I remember that yes. uh, TV show called Pop-Up Video that used to be on um, VH1. <laughs> VH1. And it used to be full of, uh, full of, full of those. I think that if, 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 uh, if Pop-Up Video came out and, uh, and Sumi came out in the Pop-Up Video era, we would have broke the meter on that joint. <laughs> that, that, joint is, that, that joint is Easter egg heavy. All right, so now, give me, give me two, because unfortunately, pop-up video doesn't exist anymore. What would be two facts that you would want to put in about the video that would be in the little pop-up captions? See, I told Kirby, we, I, told, I made a pact to him that I was like, I'm not going, I, I'm not going to do that. I want, I need people to, I need people to, to watch it until their, until, their, until their Wi-Fi refuses to, like, let them access the video. It's too many, it's too many, and they're too good. I, I just, I, I wouldn't be doing Kirby any justice if I told anybody. Because there are just so many and they're so important. And, right, I, would tell Pop and I would tell Pop-Up Video that to their face. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I want to go back to the album for a second. Something you said was interesting about the fact that, you know, what a healing record this was. And you didn't realize that. It's funny, as you were talking to Mello or you hear from other people or you just go back and revisit it yourself once you started to play it live or whatever. Were, were there particular songs on there or particular moments in the songs that, that really stood out to you for sort of being healing? On this particular song or on the album? On the album. Um, I mean, stuff like, like, like Set You Free, you know what I'm saying? Like, that was real, like those, 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 I mean, I guess those songs were more so like overtly designed to like be healing songs. But I just never figured like, you know, like like some people might come up to me in the streets and mention a whole other part of a whole other song, and they'd be they'd be like, "Man, this this line really it really it really got to me, man." Like you know what I'm saying? That's when it that's that's when it's on a whole other level, and you realize like the people are smarter than you give them credit for. Like they watch me. It's funny when you think then of the music that you mentioned, Thriller. But when you think of the music that that you go to for healing, is there a record that comes back to you again and again? And obviously. It's funny, the idea of a healing record is so resonant right now when people are dealing with so much anxiety and stress. <laughs> this is the this might be the generation, this might be generation anxiety and stress <laughs> for real. So it's interesting then for you as an artist, talk about the importance of of sort of, you know, it's funny, you mentioned Jay-Z as president of culture and how he inspires you. Talk about the importance then of being putting out this record, of putting out healing music. And, you know, since it is the generation of anxiety and stress, understandably, the importance of being sort of a voice of reason in that time. I mean, I'm one, I'm one of them people that, you know, I'm kind of like 
for better or worse, I go through it and everybody watches it. it I can't hide my, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, 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 can't, I, I can't hide when I'm going through stuff, you know? So I kind of got to wear it on my sleeve. But, I mean, on the, the bright side of that is I, I help so many people that are going through, you know, a lot of anxiety or stress. And they might be in high-profile positions to where they don't want to want nobody to know or they, want, they don't want to feel alone in that, you know what I'm saying? So maybe by example, I'm just showing you, like, you know, just step out here and be that, you know what I'm saying? You can, you can step up here and still be a boss and still be going through things up top. Oh, no, I know exactly what you're saying. And it's interesting because going back to something you said earlier too, and I just jump around because, you know, it's conversation and that's what you do in conversation. There's no fucking scripted questions. But you mentioned the idea of the fact, you know, when I talked about the artistic freedom, you mentioned the idea of getting more comfortable on the last two records. And I think that's one thing that's so interesting is for everyone, as you get more, you get older, you get more comfortable, you get more confident in yourself and you definitely develop more of a who gives a shit attitude. And it's so interesting because I tell this to people all the time, man. 20s are the hardest damn decade of your life, you know? And it's interesting that, you know, within the last couple of albums in your 30s, you find this, do you feel like you've gotten more comfortable, more confident, and there is more of a just, I'm going to do what it is I want attitude. And, you know, if people get it, they get it. And if not, screw them. It fluctuates. It fluctuates because it's certainly like, you know, um, I don't think I've necessarily like broke through like the mainstream. And I'm like, that might sound ridiculous to some people for me to say, but then, you know, to other to artists, musicians, it might not, you know what I'm saying? Like, so it definitely fluctuates because sometimes I feel like I'm there and I've, I've, I've penetrated the culture, but sometimes it feels like, you know, like we could be doing, like the numbers could be 10 times better. This, this could have reached 10 times more people than it has. You know what I'm saying? So it, it kind of fluctuates. But it's interesting. I mean, is it important to you then too? It's funny. I was reading an interview you did last year where you talked about the idea of winning a Grammy and that was important to you. So I actually appreciate the fact though that you're candid about that and admit this stuff because a lot of other people will just be like, oh, I don't care, whatever, blah, 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 blah. So it's interesting because now that the record is eligible for Grammy, assuming there's even an awards in 2021 because who the hell knows what's going to happen in anything going forward. But is there one track from the record that you would feel most proudest of being recognized for? I mean, this one, absolutely. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think everybody, I think all of my fans know that. I mean, because not even on, not not even anything like having to do with, obviously we all have goals and stuff like that, but like, man, like, you know, like that record on that, on such a high, on a high stage, and, I, and you know, like you can kind of really say whatever you need, that needs to be said. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's it just it just be a moment that I feel like everybody can feel like they're they're part of it. I think a lot of uh, like my fans and people that aren't my fans really uh, they feel like they're part of this song. You know what I'm saying? And that's 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 beautiful to me because I know I never really thought I'd be able to make anything, you know, so great that 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 a whole entire like culture would be would be behind it. You know what I'm saying? And to be able to win that, or even even be nominated with this, I don't, I, that 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 blow me away, man. Well, now we won't go much longer, but one or two more questions. But I think it's it's funny. I mean, look, it, it's I've talked about this with so many artists in different capacities, and it's like, dude, you know, it's great to have a gold record. It's great to have a platinum record. It's great to hit number one. It's great to sell out. You know. Madison Square Garden, whatever it is. But it's like, I remember talking to this dude from this band, Flogging Molly, and he was telling me this story about how there was a song they had done and there was an officer who was killed on duty in Houston. And this song was played at the funeral as the funeral was live televised. And he's just watching this video and he's 
bawling hearing his song in this way. And, and to me, it's like when you connect on a real level, that means so much more than any award or any number one. So the fact that this video came out and then two damn hours later, you know, they ordered Elton to identify its medically vulnerable prisoners. I mean, talk about what that means to you, because that's just a whole different level of like you're actually potentially saving people's lives. I mean, it, 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 it just taught me how to I mean, let me see if I can pull this up. What Kirby said to me um, and what I said, because he, he said, um, yeah, because Kirby said I've been aiming too low. So basically what I was saying was like, you know. I, I have talked about accolades and, you know, just, you know, goals because, you know, I'm, I come from playing sports. So I, I've talked about accolades like, you know, they, they, they're good to get. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're, they're reassuring. And um, but for something major like that, like that, that happened, you know what I'm saying? Like for something major to happen and, and for the uh, ACLU to even hit me up, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like about like about the about that. That's that's heavy, man. That's heavy. And and maybe I was aiming too low because obviously this is that this is ten times bigger than an accolade. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, absolutely. I know what you're saying. So it's interesting now that you recognize that you can have, like you said, like Kirby said, maybe you were thinking too low. So now that you recognize that, you know, putting yourself out there can have that kind of impact. And it's funny, even going back to the idea of the, you know, on a on a on a different level as mentioned the conversation with Mello and the fact that he talked about this was a healing record, you opening yourself up so much is allowing other people to feel what you're going through as well. Where do you take that going forward? Because now you, you're recognizing more and more the impact that you can have as an artist. That's, that's, that's the thing, man. Like there's no, there's really no, there's no, there's no map. I don't, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going after this. I have no idea. You know what I'm saying? I have no oh, yeah. idea. You have no idea, but I will say that the, the 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 people the the people that this song has reached and the people have that have told me that they that they're impressed with this is definitely giving me confidence to do something special. You know what I'm saying? Like I I, I hate name dropping, but I feel like if I was gonna do it, this would be. I mean, this is the time to do it. Fucking Jerry Seinfeld, like we talked uh, last night, and um, he said, uh, <laughs> "I read the text message." He said, "Cause my manager, cause my manager was like, man, it must feel good to get a message from Jerry Seinfeld." I was like, "Hell yeah!" Like, <laughs> he said, "Man, great." He said, "Great track, great video, man. Congrats!" Like, and if anybody knows Jerry, he's, he doesn't. He does, his text messages are are short. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's not his. That's not his way for real. And I was just like, "Thanks." And he was like, "Man, you know." And I want to thank you again for the shout out. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm just like. <laughs> You know, this is a guy that I've idolized for a long time that I've worked with, but that he's like, you know, arguably the like the most successful entertainer of a gener of a, a generation. Him to say that it's an amazing song and even acknowledge the fact that I I I I like, you know, that I shouted him out or he sees the vision of it. You know what I'm saying? Like these are these are victories that I gotta take. Rihanna, she hit me the other day and she said this video got her inspired. Like, you know what I'm saying? This isn't, you know, like, these aren't like um, random little messages that people are kind of just writing to make you feel good on your, on your, on your, on your, um, in your comment section. Nah, these, these are, these are people, these are, these are uh, peers or like, you know, super legendary people that have done amazing things that are like celebrating with me on, on the, this, this body, this body work that I've done. And I mean, like those things, 
those things, they, they stay with you. They stay with you like as much as awards do. Accolades are still cool, though. But, but you know, I'll, I'll take the Jerry's and the Rihanna's, you know, you know, celebrating with me, though. Well, yeah, it's interesting because I think it's funny because, I mean, I've talked to so many artists about this. And I honestly, I think that the respect of your peers means more than anything because those are the people who really get it and understand it. So it's, it's I mean, when you go back through your career, is there one or two people that you've heard from? that really has the most significance to you or that stays with you. And again, it builds this confidence to be able to say, okay, cool. I mean, it's funny. I was reading the Fader piece, which I thought was a good piece. And they referenced Marvin Gaye a couple of times. And there's such a similarity in the sense of there was a guy who was a top 40 guy, you know, put out great records and then changed the whole fucking cultural landscape forever with what's going on. And you know, DC got too. Those are those, I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a fair comparison. You know, um, me me crossing over to uh, to mainstream to get these messages off would be great, though. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't say that I've crossed over enough to where I can make a record like that. Like, you know, it, it, it's still, you know, it's still about, from, from a musician standpoint, it's, all, it's still about reach, too. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, I would love to make more music like this and then reach as many people. You know what I'm saying? But that, that might not be, that might not be feasible. Cool. Uh, I mean, it's funny because you have the top 10 success with everything. And, you know, that's an interesting thing that happens, though, too, is, I mean, let's face it, music is such a cyclical thing. And it's oftentimes the one thing I find, and it's interesting, if you can, if there's an artist that you can think of that for you sort of reflects or parallels this, that more often than not, when you're being honest, that's the time that it really catches people. The most. I mean, let's face it, the story is very famous. Barry Gordy didn't even want to put out what's going on. And Marvin Gaye said, the hell with that. We're making it. You know, no one knew at the time that the guy who did Ain't No Mountain High Enough, or I heard it through the grapevine, was going to reinvent music history. <laughs> I wish we had that. I wish we had this conversation like before I went into the studios on certain days. That's a, that's that's an interesting like tip of information to think about when you're going in to make some music. Well, I think it's so often true, and it's I mean, again, when you look at the artists that have had great great Jay Z, you mentioned Nas. When you look at Stevie Wonder, is another great example. Artists who you know, Stevie Wonder started off as little Stevie Wonder, and then in the seventies, dude, he's freaking making you know, living in the city. <laughs> That's a great way to look at it. You know, so for you, is there is there are there artists that you or artists that you've heard from that as you do this, you know, sort of carry you forward, you know, and obviously, like you mentioned, Jerry Seinfeld you know, and, and Rihanna, you know, are great examples, but is there one piece of advice or one person you've talked to in your career that you look back on and you're like, dude, every time I'm in the studio and not sure. And it's so funny by the way, because for me who talks to pretty much more artists than anyone in the world, I can vouch for the fact that most artists are crazy. Um, you know, just like they're, they're, what's the word I'm looking for? Yeah. I mean, every artist is a perfectionist and you want to make sure like your art never stands up to what it is exactly you want to do because you're a perfectionist. Professional is not even a word, man. It's it's, it's so bad. <laughs> it's like OCD, man. It's like it's like OCD. Like I, it's it's, it's bad, man. It really is. I really, I, I mean, perfection is, is to put put it mildly. All right. So for you, going back, is there one piece of advice or one person you've talked to or one thing that in your career that that carries you through that OCD or whatever you call it? Um, just wanting to be great, man. Just just. Like that's what carries me the most, just wanting to be great, wanting to um um at the beginning of my song eighty eight is I, I say uh I got this thing in my mind about being great, like you know, and it's kind of like that's the that's the whole sentence, like 
It sounds like it's supposed to be more in that sense, but that's it. Like I got this thing in my mind about about being great, and, and, and that's what it is. That's that's what's drive. That's the driving force. I literally got this thing in my mind about just wanting to be great, and and, and there's nothing more, nothing less. Like there's an obsession, there's a desire, there's a there's a you know there's a is a, a blank canvas. You know what I'm saying? Like I really, really want to be great at what I do because. If you're not trying to be great at what you do, then what are, what are we doing? What are we even doing here? Why are we, spend, why are we spending our time here? I understand completely. So it's funny because for every artist here, and we'll make this last question, but it's such an interesting thing because for every artist, right? You, again, as an artist, you can never do what you feel is your best work. The example I've always used through interviews is if Coltrane had thought he could make nothing better than the Love Supreme, what else is there to do musically? You know, there's no reason to keep going. but Here's where like, you still have moments where you feel like you're getting close to who you want to be as an artist. So for you, you know, talk about those moments and is there one track or one moment or maybe it's Sue Me where you feel like, you know what, this is getting as close as, this is who you're going to be as an artist going forward. Do you know what I mean? They become building blocks. We always evolve though. We always evolve. We always evolve. So I don't know if that's going to happen to me. Like we always, we always evolve. And I forgot who told me this, but it stuck with me. It said, uh, you know, no, a song ain't never really done. A song ain't never really done. Never like, all right, it's, uh, it's finished. I'm done with it. All done now. It's never. You can always, it's, it's never really done. <laughs> and I, that shit stuck with me, bro, because it's like, damn, I could go to any song in my catalog and be like, well, you know, I could change that. I could, you know, well, mate, you know what I'm saying? It's so funny you say that. Last note, I remember years ago interviewing Don Henley from the Eagles, right? And I mean, they literally have two of the, besides you mentioned Thriller, two of the three best-selling albums of all time are the Eagles, right? And he and I were talking I about it. I, and I he don't know why I was thinking about the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't know why I was thinking you were talking about the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> nope, the band, the Eagles. And, you know, it's funny because we were talking about it, though, and he was talking about the song Desperado, which is one of their most famous songs. And he was like, I never like to say this publicly. He's like, but when it, we recorded that when I was 24... And all I hear is that I want to redo the drums, you know? So, <laughs> again, every artist, it, yep, the song is never done. It ain't. It ain't. It, it, it ain't. I would love to ask um, Quincy Jones, too, about, about some of the songs on Thriller. You know what I'm saying? Like, who thinks to say he uh, in the middle of the songs for no reason? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> whose idea was that? Was the song done? Was the song done and somebody decided to say, Hey man, we gotta go to we gotta go to the studio today and just get this E all right. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like who like, whose idea was the I'ma say Mama Sama Michael Sa. Like, whose idea was that? Like, was the song done? Did we need more Mama Say Mama Sa's? You know what I'm saying? So like it, music is music is 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 trippy like that. And I imagine it's the same thing for like graffiti artists and and you know, Banksy and all of these guys. Like, you know, one more dab of brown, one more one more splash of fuchsia. Like, you know what I'm saying? You know, it's never really done. For, it's like, you just might be done with it. Yep. All right. So have you ever met Quincy? I haven't. I'm sure you will at some point. He's a good uh, dude. I've met him several times. It's funny. There's an event he does in LA in November where randomly, like, it's a Jazz Foundation benefit he puts on. And I've seen, like, he's always just sitting there talking with people. Knock, knock on wood, brother. <laughs> knock cool, on man. Wood. What do you want to add I didn't ask you about? Um, I mean, we pretty much covered a lot of, lot of, a uh, lot of stuff. I want to know why I had this freaking blackhead right by my fucking eye. 
<laughs> I don't know. Maybe I got corn. I got a quarantine uh, acne, whatever. But um, no, nah, we pretty much covered everything, man. You know, and I appreciate you guys taking the time. I, I might be the right, I might be the probably the brokest person that's interviewed with you guys. So that's, that's I don't think cool. so, man. No, dude, I really <laughs> appreciate you taking the time. I enjoyed it, and congratulations right, on the record and everything. And you know, hopefully, when all this shit's done, I don't know. Are you planning on touring the record again? Uh, I, I hope so. I really do. Um. I really, I mean, you know, I, I think the people deserve it. Hopefully, man. All right, cool. Have a good one. Thank and, you. And, and enjoy your donut, friend, dude. Thanks, bro. All right, thanks. Hey, this is Steve Balton, and you have been here on My Turning Point with Guest Wale. Hope you enjoyed this interview as much as we did. Like we said, it was a really fun one. Covered a lot of ground with him. Really enjoyed talking with him. And make sure you check out the Sue Me video and the whole Wow Oh Crazy album. It's a really great record from late last year. Thanks. Let me guess your favorite fragrance And you got that bomb <laughs> I'm trying that in nature No disrespecting, baby Just trying to make you smile Try to keep my spirits up That's why I lay down Try to keep your spirits up Little vodka, whatever Took it forever to get dressed I acknowledge your effort So I clap for she deserves If you're a parent with cancer You're probably worried that your child is feeling scared, sad, or alone When all you want is for them to just feel like a kid Camp Kesem is a free week-long overnight camp for children ages 6 to 18 who have a parent facing cancer and was created for kids like yours to have a joyful and empowering summer. Kids have a blast together enjoying camp activities, surrounded by a compassionate community of friends. Register your child for a free life-changing adventure at kesem.org camp. Sometimes you need to take control to make a difference. That's why with FlexPath from Capella University, you're in control. Set your own deadlines and leverage your experience to move at a pace that works for you. Discover a different way forward at capella.edu. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.